by Riverside. takes want to thank everybody in advance for supporting the podcast if you have not done so already make sure that you like follow subscribe to the podcast leave us a positive review if it's your first time listening welcome Uh, we're glad that you are joining us we are on the follow-up episode of michigan and michigan state football we definitely have got to talk that game of course the unfortunate tunnel incident we've got a talk lions we've got to talk about quite a few things actually brant so um but but most importantly we have a giveaway to do which i'm very very excited about and i'm just going to call myself out right now for those of you that normally listen you're like why is he sounding so quiet or like he's got to hide from somebody that's because i am i'm actually for the first time ever in garage takes history I've never not recorded in the garage, and this time I am recording in the breezeway because I've got sick wife, sick kids, and I need to need to be close to uh, to the family. So, but we we cannot. This would not be the week to miss recording a garage takes episode. So, um, Brant, before we get into the the jersey giveaway, how are you doing, my friend? I'm good, Dave. I mentioned this before we started recording. It's like a, it's a quieter, Dave. It's a, it's a much more subdued, Dave. So, yeah. uh, coming off a Michigan win, if you were expecting Dave to be real hype, you actually catch him in his house tonight. So, uh, yeah. yeah, we'll definitely get a little bit of a quieter, Dave. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, I want to scream and yell and, and clap, but, um, I don't want to clap too hard because I don't want somebody from Michigan State to clock me with a helmet or something. Okay, yeah. (laughs) It's not funny, but you knew we had to go there. So anyway, Brant, so for for though we had several people that entered this jersey giveaway by DRB Fiber. Um, Shout out Dylan Burzak. We can't thank you enough for supporting the podcast and saying, hey, on behalf of DRB Fiber, I'm willing for the Michigan-Michigan State game to give away an Aiden Hutchinson uh, Lions jersey or a Kenneth Walker Seahawks jersey for this Michigan-Michigan State game. All all you had to do to enter was to tell us who you think would win the game. And if you were right, then good for you. You were entered. Besides the fact you got to show us that you follow and subscribe to the show. And so, Brant, we had – I didn't count up the, the total, but – we probably had somewhere, I don't know. We had a lot of people, actually. I'm not even going to put a number on We had a lot of people that entered this, which was a lot of fun. It's all about the engagement of the audience, and I am ready to give this thing away. So I think I, I have a little baggie here. Bram, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you the uh, the baggie. See this? Wow, it's really cute. Did one of your kids make that? <laughs> it is. I know people can't see this, but it is a little <laughs> scarecrow bag that is missing one eye. This is my son Luke made this at preschool, and I'm like, oh, this this bag is perfect. He so didn't, he didn't eat the eye, did he? He just no. lost it. Okay, good. <laughs> I mean, I 
I have it's not, not up seen his it. nose. No, I I haven't seen it elsewhere yet, but it would not surprise me. Um, but no, yeah. So this is going to be perfect, and we we did our best. I, I did my best to follow along. Whether you texted Brand or texted me, texted both of us, reached out to us on Facebook, um, and entered that way on the Garage Takes page. We tried to get everybody that entered, and. Michigan won the game, for those of you that didn't know. So, go Blue, 29-7. Um, they did not cover the 22.5 point spread, but they got the win. So, you picked Michigan, and you're able or you're able to prove that you follow, subscribe to the show. You're in the drawing. So, I got your name here in the bag, and we're ready to do this thing, Brant. Are you ready, sir? Ready. Let's do it, man. Okay. All right. For effect, let me get on in here. And just move this stuff around. Man, Yay. we need to put this on YouTube. So we really, really <laughs> People do. People can really see Luke's artwork. Yeah, Man. this is this is this is second to none. Okay, I've got a I've got a name. All right, let me hit the drum. Oh, all right, this is a good one. This is this is somebody who I know, Brant, that you do not know. This is a loyal follower listener of the show i already know that he follows and that would be so i gave it away it's a he so sorry ladies you are out of the running right now but the winner of the jersey giveaway and i know that he is going to be taking an aiden hutchinson jersey on behalf of drb fiber is that's not what i wanted to do that's the wrong sound effect that was like a joke like oh we're just kidding you didn't win let me try that again. And the winner is... Mr. Michael Wicker. Yeah, so Mr. Wicker, congratulations. He is a colleague of mine, great guy, big Michigan fan. And this makes me very, very happy for for you, Mike. So I know that you're going to be listening, and I'm going to reach out to you personally. And we're going to get your size, get you all fitted up. And I'm going to send that bill over to Dylan and DRB Fiber and say, give this guy a jersey. And what we're going to have to do, Mike, is once you get this jersey in your possession, uh, we got to get a picture. We'll get it up on the Facebook page and and make sure that we we put it out there. So thank you, everyone who entered. Um, That was a lot of fun. We want to do some more giveaways. I know we have some other friends, too, that own businesses and that type of thing that want to sponsor and kind of help out to support the show. So more of that to to come in the future. So congrats, uh, congrats, Mike. So, Brant, let's start with Michigan, Michigan State. I mean, first of all, we got to hang out on Saturday. I mean, that was a that was a good time. Had had Curdy in town. Went down to the game. Hung out with your brother. Tailgated a little bit. Had some good food. Some good beverages. Got to hang out with your wife as well. And uh, made our way into into the game. So. Initial reactions, Brant, we know Michigan won, which they were supposed to do. I don't think anybody was super surprised by it. 29-7 victory, your initial reaction to the game. Was there a game? I, I wasn't yeah. aware. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
it was, there it it was is. yeah it was hard to it was hard to focus on um the after game uh i don't know dave we got to the truck maybe at like i don't know like twelve thirty. like we got back to the truck pretty late uh, it was after. late yeah it was really late and so i was just perusing twitter because obviously when you're in the stadium you have nothing no idea that this has happened even though everyone else knows what's happened so um yeah, to find out what happened. But my initial takeaways from the game were um, Michigan State, you know, um, they kept trying to run the ball or their their offense just kept sputtering and sputtering. And it was like they were trying to force the deep ball still. But really, Michigan's defense was what carried the day for me. Uh, Michigan's offense left a lot to be desired. I know, like, sitting sitting next to... A bunch of Michigan fans in that stadium, you kind of felt the tension and the moaning and just like, when is this offense going to do something special? And it never really happened. It was very much, uh, it, <laughs> I hate to say this like this, but it was a very much like Jim Harbaugh type performance uh, where you just want to go and you want to take the air out of the ball. You want to suffocate your opponent, no pun intended, like type deal. Um, you really just want to. You want to dominate them in every facet, and they did that. But, boy, not an exciting brand of football. Not what's going to take you to the next level of beating Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, Ohio State. So we're kind of left in that second tier right now at the moment. Like, hey, do we have enough offense or do we have an explosive enough offense to hang with the big dogs? And I know that's a whole can of worms I just got into, Dave. But my initial takeaways from the game just kind of made me feel meh, you know? So... That was my takeaway. Yeah, I mean, it was weird because Michigan State, I wasn't surprised by them like being up 7-3 early on. It just kind of seemed like, yeah, that's how that game was going to start. And it just, the game just seemed kind of long, kind of uneventful in a way. A total Jim Harbaugh game, as you said, like... That is that is the kind of football game that Jim Harbaugh salivates over. That it's just they're gonna control the clock and keep it for over forty minutes and just dominate you. Um, the scoreboard might not have reflected that, and I mean we're gonna get into some things in particular that I want to ask you about, Brant. But um, the bottom line is is that, and I said this on the last episode, Michigan won. I don't care. Like I really don't care about the final score. They had not beat Mel Tucker in the past, and um, it's finally done. So, like, you get that monkey off your back. You got the Ohio State monkey off your back last year, and, you know, these things are starting to, you know, we're starting to check the boxes, starting to cruise. 8-0. Nobody can be mad at 8-0. Nobody can be mad about a 22-point victory. Um, I told Michigan fans in the last episode, if you are expecting a blowout and you don't get that, you can't be angry about it. You got to go in and just get that win. And that's exactly what they did. So very, very happy about that. It's obviously on to Rutgers, but Brant, a couple of things that that I want to ask you about before we just briefly touch base on the tunnel. The first is this, scale of 1 to 10, 10 being super worried, 1 being not worried at all. How worried are you about Michigan's red zone offense right now in this back half of the season? 6.5. And and the reason why I don't have it any higher than that is because I saw what they did last year when we had the same questions. I feel like that was more Jim Harbaugh than it was Josh Gaddis. It was probably a little bit of Sharon Moore last year. It was, it was, you know, some of these, some of these guys that were already on this staff 
know how to get this done. So, Dave, you remember watching us after the Michigan State game, kind of having the same questions about the red zone, stuff like that. And then what they do in November? They absolutely crushed it, and they looked like a completely different team in the red zone. Um, so I'm just going to go out on a limb and just hope that um, they can figure it out again this year. But now I feel more comfortable because I've seen them do it before. So um, and, and now we're doing it with a more explosive quarterback and really a more explosive offense. So I'm just hoping that we can get to see it, and it starts this weekend against Rutgers. 6.5. I'll put mine at a seven. I mean, I'm not too far off from that. I do think that the play calling is suspect down there. It's very predictable. I like when are we ever going to see just a basic fade route to the corner of the end zone? Legit, like we, it's just so predictable down there. Um, it was last year too. I mean, yeah. Now you're right, Brant. Like we have seen it. We've seen this recipe work. We've seen it beat Ohio State. We've seen it win a Big Ten championship and get us to the college football playoff. But it doesn't mean I'm not worried about it. Like, it's not good. Um, I I think if you are on a national level picking apart Michigan, you're still picking apart their schedule, and now you're picking apart this red zone offense, and and rightfully so. Now, I'm not super – I'm not panicked about it by any means, but – it's not good. It does need to be better. Um, I don't know if you are going to go in and, and Jake Moody, the Ohio State Buckeyes to death in Columbus this year. I just don't. Um, so they, they've they got some work to do. I'm not hitting the, the panic button, but um, I didn't love that. And I think most Michigan fans who watch that Michigan State game was like, okay, yeah, Jake Moody, great, 5-5, five of five, awesome, but like, please don't let me watch you kick another field goal for a couple weeks. <laughs> so um, that that was that was one question that I wanted to ask you. And then the, uh, the second question that I wanted to ask Brant was your – so we kind of have a pretty good idea right now of what this Michigan offense is. They are going to suffocate you, and they're not going for the big plays. We're eight games in right now. I'm not saying they don't have that ability. I still would like to believe that they do. However, we have not seen it. Um, We are two-thirds of the way through the season. And my question to you is, I'm going to give you another one to ten. Ten being you're very, very comfortable and, like, let's rock with this. One being, and I don't think you're going to be here, but one being, like, you absolutely hate it and we need to change something is we talked for a while about this Michigan offense and when they were going to unleash, when they were going to take the top off. If they put J.J. McCarthy in at quarterback, when we had the quarterback controversy in that battle, we talked about how electric this offense could be with the wide receivers that they have. And the reality is is that, that ain't the the offense that Jim Harbaugh wants to run, clearly, um, in back-to-back years here. Ten being you're totally cool with this, keep it rolling. One being, nope, something's got to change. How do you feel right now at this point of the season about this offense and just the strategy moving forward to just run the heck out of the ball and control the clock? Um, You know, I'll say a four. I'll say a four on that level just because I, I believe – it, sometimes it's just matchup dependent, and we don't have too many opponents where you're going to line up and you just can't run the ball. I'm not seeing that a lot. Uh, you know, that's our bread and butter. And Dave, when think back to the speed and space days, and how that just drove you nuts. We were sold a bill of goods. We're throwing the ball, but like we don't really have the quarterbacks to do it. Um, 
and we couldn't run the ball very well. And those were terrible days, Dave. Um, those were just like you can't do one thing well. You just either you, you pass the ball okay and you run the ball okay, but you can't do anything special. Ohio State's specialty is they can throw the ball. They're learning how to run the ball. Michigan is the exact opposite. But at least we have something to hang our hat on at the end of the day and say, you know, this is it. But, Dave, you hit on it earlier when you said, um, you know, we got to have that that fifth, sixth, seventh gear where it's like explosive play, explosive play, um, at least four or five of them in a game. I mean, is it too much to ask for one explosive play a quarter? Like, and I get the Blake Corum 60-yard run, Donovan Edwards 60-yard run is an explosive play. I understand that. Um, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what we saw at the end of last year with this team and what they kind of kicked in, uh, kicked into that next year that got us to, um, you know, the Big Ten Championship game. So that's what I think we need to start seeing, Dave. And if we don't start seeing it, uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna raise that up to like a six or a seven. Yeah, so I guess my answer is a little bit different. I wanted to see this more than anything, and I don't disagree with anything you said, but I think I am at an 8, actually, of being pretty comfortable with this, and here's why, Brant. The reality is that outside of Illinois, which they've had a very good season under Brett Bielema, they, they should, pending something crazy, they should head, head into Columbus being 11-0. and 0. And I think... I think that um, that like I think about that trip to Columbus, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but keeping C.J. Stroud and that offense off the field and annoying the heck out of them and running the football and Blake Corum running it for thirty three times for one hundred and seventy yards and having even having the ball for thirty five minutes, not even forty, like that may be a recipe that none of us are expecting to just be like. Wow, that's actually what got it done against this team. They literally couldn't get us off the field, and Jim won playing his kind of football. So I, although I agree, and trust me, I want to see it more than anybody else, the, the further and further we get along and to see it hasn't been stopped yet, and trust me, none of these teams are Ohio State. I get that. But this may be a recipe to actually win that football game. Yeah, so, David, I don't know. Saw, That's where I'm at with it. Yeah, and we saw it last year, and your level is an eight. But, okay, so you're built to beat Ohio State. Let's put it that way. And the goal is always to beat Ohio State. I obviously get that. But then, you know, there's two more steps after that, Dave. And do you think that your comfort level moves from, like, an eight down to maybe a six or a five when you're playing in the likes of a Georgia? You know what I mean? So I don't think you can solely base it on just like we need to beat Ohio State and this is the way that you beat Ohio State. And uh, don't get me wrong, that's a great blueprint, but I don't think that's the blueprint against everybody. And right now, that's the only blueprint I see that we have. So that may that's what makes me think it's more of a four than an eight. I, I think Georgia's the one team that I would say, yeah, that I don't see that recipe working because they are going to – stuff the run they just Again, are. We, we saw, saw it last year, year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we 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 saw it last year and how that shook out so yeah that's the one team that i'm like yeah no i do don't i not don't see that strategy run, you're not gonna line working. up and run it down their throat you're just not gonna right uh, and, and so, we, yeah you're, you're we of course dave fell for that trap last year when we we're like dude we can run it on anybody we have the best offensive line and you know it doesn't matter 
Okay. Yep. <laughs> so let's let's find that fifth or sixth gear that we need to get into. Um, and yeah, let's not try it against Ohio. Well, I mean, you can do some stuff against Ohio State, but it can't be the blueprint. Right. So so Brant, Michigan does travel to Piscataway for a night game this weekend. Kind of annoyed by that seven thirty kickoff time at Rutgers, but whatever. It is what it is. Um, what are you hoping to see from this Michigan team? We'll keep it quick, and then we can shift over to uh, the Lions here. What are you hoping to see from Michigan this weekend? We've got to see something different, Dave. And by different, I mean explosive. I don't know how many times I have to say this, but I am really begging for an explosive play. Um, I haven't seen anything explosive really outside of – I'm talking passing games specifically outside of the first three games. Have you, Dave? Is there anything come to your mind where you were like, oh, man, that's no. an explosive pass play? Um, nope. And that and that certainly worries me. I don't know if it's a receiver problem. I don't know if it's a JJ problem. I don't know if it's the com- com- combination of the two being a problem. But something's not right there, and I think we need to see it because watching Blake Corum run for another 175 yards on Rutgers, you know, it's great. But also, it does two things. That's wear and tear on him, and that's also not something that is going to advance you when you need to advance right now you need to be sharpening your skills and right now i think if you go in there with the game plan of just trying to time control these guys and, and run the ball 40 times it's just it's just going to be the same old same old you're going to win 30 to 12 or you know 30 to 14 or whatever it might be sure yeah i, I you kind of you talked about the wear and tear on blake and i guess that's kind of my thing is we already know that they they can easily win this game by doing just that. However, I don't need to see that. They they can win this game a different way, whether that's Donovan Edwards running the ball more, whether that's C.J. Stokes. Like I, I just don't. This is not a game where you need to be giving Blake more than 20 carries. You just don't. Um, and you got Michigan has been very lucky, knock on wood, up to this point of the season to stay fairly healthy. Um, health is everything when it comes to making a run at, at, at something. And you're going to need to be as close to, to full strength and full health as you can be when you go and play in Columbus. That's just the bottom line. So, And you don't want to play. I mean, I get it. Injuries can happen literally on any play. But you don't need to put unnecessary wear and tear on these guys. Um, and you can win this game a different way. Um, and, you know, I think one thing I will say about J.J. is although – He's not slinging the ball. They haven't asked him to. They just haven't asked him to do that. To be quite honest with you, he's looking a lot better using his legs. Like I've loved seeing that. That's improved tremendously. And that is JJ. That's JJ in high school. That's the JJ that we knew he had that other element to his game. Um, not that I want to see him take off and run a ton against Rutgers, but I will say in terms of things to be optimistic about. I'd really like to, to see that. So um, I want what do I want to see against Rutgers? Stay healthy um, and clean up things. Like don't I don't I don't want to see them kick a field goal against Rutgers. How about that? That's what I want to see. Yeah. I do not want to see Jake Moody kick anything besides an extra point this weekend. Dave, thirty five pass attempts for JJ. Is that is that something that you could see Saturday or no? Mm. Is it something you want to see? I mean, yeah, oh, definitely. When definitely. you talk about getting Blake off the field, I mean, you yes. the pass attempts, and it doesn't matter what the receivers are really doing. Just get them the ball and see what happens type of a deal. Yeah. Let them eat a little bit. You yeah, know what I mean? I, I'm totally for it because at some point you've got to build chemistry 
in the game, like in an actual game situation. I don't care about practice. Like at some point, JJ does need to be able to connect with Roman Wilson down the sideline in stride and get a 65 yard touchdown. Like it, that's got to happen. You got to get Andrew Anthony the ball. He's do like it's got to happen at some point. Um, it just it needs to, and you don't want to become one dimensional. Now it's working. I told you I'm comfortable with what we're doing, but you don't want to be one dimensional. You don't want them to be stacking the box and putting everything on Blake Corum to put this team on his back. Because truthfully, that's what he's been doing. Um, and I think at some point that's going to start to slow up a little bit. It takes a toll on his body as well. Um, I just, yeah, this is the perfect game, night game on the road. Go let JJ sling it. And I feel like we've had like five episodes like this this year. <laughs> like this is the game. This is the game. Like uh, Indiana was kind of the game like that. I mean, that's the and one he that did in the second half. He let him yeah. rip it in the second half. Yeah. And that was the JJ game in my opinion. Like he did let it rip. And I was talking with Curdy this weekend and then, sorry, I know we we're talking a lot of Michigan football, but we were kind of talking and it's like, why is everybody so scared of, of interceptions? Like, why are Michigan fans so scared of, like, J.J. going out and throwing two picks? I don't – that doesn't worry me at all, especially in a game Not like against Rutgers. Like, no. Like, go out – if it means he's going to throw for two, 280 yards and three touchdowns, like, give me two picks. Look at Bryce Young's stats. Look at C.J. Stroud's stats. They throw interceptions. It's because they take shots downfield. Um, you you, you got to give a little to take a little. So I, I'm totally comfortable with that. We got to start being freaked out by like, oh god, like he's some erratic thrower. Like if he throws an interception, who cares? What I don't want to see is the little dink and dunks that like some gets knocked off a guy's helmet and then an interception goes for like a pick six or whatever. Like I don't I don't want to see that. I don't want to see a pass to Luke Schoonmaker five yards out that gets picked off. Like take a shot downfield. Let your receivers go up and get it. Like I, I'm okay if they don't win that battle. So um, that's that's what I'd like to see. All right, Brant, let's shift. All right, the Lions, the Lions, the Lions. So they lose against the Dolphins, Brant. They have not scored a second half point since the month of September. You aware of that? <laughs> I don't even know where you got that set from. But no, no, I'm, I'm, I, I'm serious, dude. They played three aware. games in October, and they had a bye week. And in the last three games, they have not scored a second-half point. I want to r- r- remind you of those games. That would be the Patriots. Yeah, they didn't score. They didn't yeah. score. That would be – now I'm forgetting it. Who'd they score? Oh, the Cowboys. They yep. scored six six points in the first half, never scored yep. again. And then the Dolphins. And then the Dolphins. Had a great first half. Nothing in the second half. So, and then some pretty big news, I would say, kind of, and this is really where I want to go with this brand. So, sure, the Lions lose again. They got one win. I don't want to break down. I don't want to talk about Jared Goff. I don't want to talk about these players anymore. Just got a question for you, Brant. So the Lions right at the NFL trade deadline, and there was a lot of action at the trade deadline. It was awesome. Like I, a ton more like, than I ever would have expected. There yeah. was a lot going on. The league is just changing. Yeah, it's like it's more exciting. Like that was that was awesome. Like seeing like Chase Claypool like getting yeah. shipped off to Chicago. Like just Bradley Chubb on the move. Like just really cool stuff. And T.J. Hawkinson, the Lions, what eighth overall pick just a few years ago, and it wasn't a Brad Holmes pick. That was the Quintricia era. Um, 
But beyond Hawk getting traded and, I mean, basically, they did some pick swaps, but they, they do enter now in 2023, this upcoming draft, with two first-round picks, theirs and the Rams, and now they've also got two second-round picks. So a lot of draft capital can do a lot with that. Theoretically, you should get some good players if you hold on to those. You can also package those and move up and get get a guy, which we've seen Brad Holmes do. But the larger question for me, Brent, is what does this signal for you in terms of this rebuild and this regime? So TJ Hawkinson, although up and down and more down than up, is one of your better offensive players, and you move on from him in the middle of this rebuild. And they clearly didn't want to pay him. But what is like? What was your takeaway when you saw that? Because I, I'll share my take after you. I reacted as uh, as a salary dump or something we didn't want to resign. So why not go get value right now for him? Um, and so I thought it was a smart move from Brad Holmes, but it also kind of sent up the the signal of yeah, that's it, we're done, close up shop. Let's try to get this number one pick type deal. And, and I'm okay with that. Like, I know that this team won't stop fighting. Dan Campbell will not let that happen. I totally get that. But offensively, it just seems like for a team that was already struggling, like in the last few games, um, you go ahead and let that piece just go uh, for, for draft capital. I think it's pretty clear to fans that you're going to be lining up for maybe three wins now. Um, and, and I mean, it wasn't going to be much better with TJ Hawkinson. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but I mean, obviously the signals are there and we know what the Detroit Lions are doing now. Um, and I don't know when at that time is to start the conversation day, but the quarterback conversation needs to start. Cannot be Jared Goff again. If you're going to get rid of a guy like Hawkinson and you're going to be starting fresh, like, let's go, let's, let's to start this process sooner rather than later. And I said it last year, and that's why I get so upset when we talk about, you know, when when should we start this process? Dave, you could have had whatever quarterback you wanted coming out of this last draft, and you could have one win, just like you have right now. You could have made all the same moves, but guess what? You'd be a year further in the process. But nope, you wanted to hit your horse to tiny hands, and here we are. There, you got to say tiny hands. I know you're happy about that. Brant, I just wonder what this says about this rebuild and the state of Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell. Now, they clearly, what that tells me is this season's over. And we already knew it was anyway. I mean, shoot, back in like the first episode in October, basically, like I think I was saying it, like, no, the season's already over. There were four games in, so it's over. Um Season is over, so you trade off Hawkinson, and I guess when I think of a rebuild, and yeah, I don't know, and I don't know what kind of contract he would have demanded, but at some point, Brant, you've got to hang on to talent. And my question is, is like, because really, what Brad Holmes has not done yet is spend. Is and you're right, it was a clear to clear cap space and to not take on that contract. But if you're not getting so now, I'm all eyes on like this summer or like come March, whenever free agency starts, Brad Holmes better make some significant moves. You better get some veterans to come in and be ready to go, like some big names and be big fish players in NFL free agency. You cannot continue to just go back to the well of the draft and expect to be good next year because. 
you're going to, if you do take a quarterback, you're not, I mean, truthfully, if you don't bring in some veteran presence, you're, we're going to be talking about the same over under six and a half games. And it's like, at what point are the Lions actually trying to, to win? I'm not saying, I think they were trying to win this year, but they didn't. And so is Dan Campbell the guy? I, I think there's some real questions to be asked right now. Um, that dude has won four games in two seasons. I mean, it's not it's not good. I don't know. I just don't know the direction of the Lions right now. I trust in Brad Holmes. I really do. Um, but the move to me just kind of just had me like question what what are the Lions doing? Like, what's the long term of this? What year are they actually trying? Not. I, I, and I'm so sick of talking about, are they going to win seven or eight games? Like, no. What year are you trying to host a playoff game? What year is it, Brad? Like, I want I want to know that. And whatever the answer is, like, I, I'm sure he would say next year. But, like, let's be honest. It's it's not next year. Like, I, I already feel like we're talking 2024. And and I'm, I'm not saying TJ Hawkinson was that significant. Hear me out. I just think that this move signals a larger thing that says we're not ready yet. We're just not. And so unless they make, and I'll eat my words, if they, and it's a big if, they need to be significant players in free agency. Obviously they need to do well in the draft. It's the Lions Super Bowl every year is to, to in the NFL draft at the end of April, they got to draft well, but they've got to bring in some veterans. This team is way too young right now to, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm not seeing the, I'm not seeing the vision, if you will, Brant. Dave, I know that I, I keep coming back to the quarterback situation, and, and I know I can be annoying with it, but do you think that, like, why would you not at least go out and get a comparable backup, like how like the Cowboys with Cooper Rush and develop a guy and do something like that? Like, why has that never happened? Do you think that's, like, a systemic problem from, like, the franchise or, or like, I don't, ownership? I don't. Or, I don't understand the, it, Brant. I mean, look at the names that they bring in. It's David questionable. Yeah, I mean, right. you're talking David Blau. And, and David Tim Blau Boyle? Just, yeah, right. You're, there's just a long list of names that no, has never panned out. But then you have, like, Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi now competing for, for snaps. And, and they're both good. Like, And I understand, like, that's Bill Belichick. I get it. Like, maybe it's the offense in general. But that's Matt Patricia's offense that they're running. Like, they can't be that, and, and I mean, you're talking about Jacoby Myers and a decent offensive line, like, and and you know, backs that are like okay, like not and not anything that like Detroit doesn't have. So when I look at it, Dave, I'm just like, is the quarterback that important? And I get that Jared Goff has been serviceable, he's been okay, but dude, there's no pressure on him to like take his game to the next level, right? So. I agree, and like, why don't you bring in a guy? Like, this is something I don't understand. Why is why? Do, and he, I'm not the biggest fan of his game, but why doesn't Cam Newton have a backup job? Like, why? It, can, why he's 33, 34 years old. Like, he's he's won at a high level. Why is he at the very least? Why are you not signing him to a two million dollar deal to be the backup to Jared Goff? You tell me he couldn't push Jared right now. I'm with you. Just get in the room with them and be in the quarterback room. Like, right. it's got to be better than David Blau sitting next to you. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, it is. It is. So, um, I mean, the Lions, they play the Packers this weekend. I know we're going to talk spreads here at the end, but, yeah. um, God, 
they don't win. They don't win this game. I mean, well, whatever. We'll, we'll talk about that when we get into the lines here. Um, all right, man. So, you want me to pick some some categories? Is that correct yeah. here? Yeah, dude, right. we're gonna play a little game. We didn't here. rehearse this. All you right. Know, <laughs> all right. I know Dave doesn't know the questions. He just knows the topic. So let me give you the four uh, categories, Dave. Okay. They are perfect pairs, bowling, showdown, and broken. Those are the mm-hmm. four categories. Um, who or what would you like to start with, Dave? Gosh, I feel like I would like to start with perfect pairs. All right, Dave, let's do perfect pairs. This is a Detroit Lions question. All right, Dave, the Lions have a head coach in Dan Campbell. They have a GM in Brad Holmes. Do you think that they are connected at the hip, kind of like a Quintricia deal? Do you think that one can survive without the other, or do you think that they would have to be cleaned, you know, they'll clean house like ownership would clean house, and they'll both be gone? That's a great question. No, I don't. <laughs> I think it's different because because um, Dan Campbell's not Brad Holmes' guy. I get um, that, but they seem to be very close, and, I, and they yeah. seem to work in lockstep with ownership. And, and, and they should be, and they and they have yeah. to be. However, I don't think that the order of this hiring and how it took place, you don't hire a head coach before you bring in a GM normally if both those positions are going to be open. I think that this is on Chris Spielman, his whatever his advisor role is to Sheila and his front office sort of thing. That was their direction to go with Dan. Um, I, I, I think it's hard right now to... I don't know, Brian. I guess my question back to you is: so no, I don't see them as like a pairing like that. Like, like that they both must go at the same time, because I have much more faith right now in Brad Holmes than I do in Dan Campbell. I mean, dude, even looking at Rodrigo this past weekend, like making plays, like man, you're grabbing that dude in what the fifth or sixth round out of Oklahoma State. Like, those are those are good picks, you know, grabbing Amon Ross St. Brown in the third round, like. He's, he's hit on some picks here, which is his job, is to be able to, and that's what they brought Brad Holmes in to do. He was a very good scout for the Rams. He was, that is what he's good at. Um, I would have a hard time in year two being like, no, dude, you're done. Like, I think Dan, I would, I would not be surprised if he does not win, like, more than three games. I, I, how do you bring him back, Brant? Yeah, I don't know, Dave. What's his record at that point? Like, seven and... Like thirty? No, wouldn't be that high. No, he won. He won three. He won three games last year. Okay, so it's they had a one tie. Okay, that's right. That's right. The tie. Yeah. Uh, yes. So yeah, you're like six and twenty six or something. Six twenty six and one or something like that. I don't know. Um, yeah. But yeah, that would be hard to justify. I, like how how do you? I don't understand how you bring a head but, coach back for that. I mean, dude, if. But do you think I, do you think Brad will have that decision, or do you think that will be something the Fords ultimately decide? That's a that's a good question. I mean, I guess that kind of depends on what the true makeup of that organization is right now from the top down that nobody really knows. I mean, Sheila does seem to have her hand in more things than the Fords traditionally have. She but also she loves has, her some DC. Yeah, yeah. You know, she does love Dan, and obviously she likes Brad. I mean. I just I, I don't know if Brad's gonna walk into Sheila's office and say, Hey, this has to change this week, this month, 
at the end of the season, this has got to change. Love him, but got to go. And then Sheila says, actually, no, you're going to give him another year. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, that, that's, a really, that's a really good question. And if you fire Dan Gamble, which, I mean, at this point right now, I don't see a reason for him to keep his job personally. But And I, I've said it a million times, I like Dan. Dude, if they fire Dan, keep him as a strength and conditioning coach. Like he just seems like a like he's just an alpha in the weight room. Like keep him on the staff somehow, some way, but not Dave, as the head coach if he can't win football games. Dave, the the worst thing for Dan Campbell are guys like Robert Sala. Um yep. you know, that are out here uh Mike guy, McDaniels. Mike McDaniel. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's just it, it's ever <laughs> it's it's getting tougher and tougher to survive your cohorts around you, making mm-hmm. it work with traditional dumpster fires. Dude, I mean, you're look at Arthur what, Smith what in bro- Atlanta. Like right. he's competitive with Marcus Mariota. That's why I'm going back to the quarterback thing. <laughs> like Dude, and I know this was a sticky situation, but look at teams like the Dolphins, man. What Brian Flores got canned for like being on the fringe of the playoffs and mm-hmm. making a run, but they didn't like right. at the end of year two, I or three right. maybe. Like there's just different expectations in different organizations, whereas, like, in Detroit, it's like, God, we really like you. You're one of the cooler guys we've had here. Like, maybe we can bring you back. We know you've only won six games in two full football seasons. Like, that's that's criminal. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. I don't Detroit I don't loved him on hard knocks. Like, he, we right. loved him, you know, and so that's, that's tough. But, I mean, Brad's yeah. got to make a decision. Exactly. All right, Brant, let's go – Showdown. All right, Dave, showdowns. Check it out. This weekend, we have a slate, a Saturday slate, if you will, chucked full of great football games, college football games. Dave, I know you and I live for Saturdays, so let's check it out. Um, Tennessee, Georgia. Obviously, let's start right there. Um, basically, the the winner of this game will come out of the SEC East, I believe mm-hmm. it is. Yep. Um, and Dave, like – Think about you sitting on your couch Saturday afternoon getting ready for this game. How pumped are you? Oh, my God. I can't <laughs> wait. Like, there's such a good slate of college football. Like, to have this in the 330 slot, which I love that time slot. Me too. Is perfect. Uh, it's perfect. And I can't wait. And I can't wait to talk this spread, too. I just find it to be interesting. Yeah, and so L- Alabama, LSU, uh, Clemson, Notre Dame are your nightcaps. Um, is there any possibility you can watch both of these games, Dave, and be locked in while Michigan is also playing? <laughs> Keeping track of three games is super tough. I get yeah. it. But, like, why did Michigan have to have a night? Like, this is the perfect noon kickoff for Michigan. Get your day started. Get them out of the way. Whatever. But um, yeah, what do you Wild. think about the evening slate? Right? Yeah, I mean, you know, man, I'm weird with Michigan football. I'd rather <laughs> just be tuned into them and – more so just be like checking my phone or bringing up YouTube TV on my phone to just maybe watch another game too. But it'll all be Michigan for me um, unless I'm really seeing a close game. Like to be honest, man, I'll be following the box score. And if I'm looking, oh. it's like, oh, man, LSU is like hanging tight with Bama. Like there's no way I'm not switching over there. If I see Notre Dame's up a field goal late, yeah, like right. come on, man. you know. Okay, okay Dave, out of those three games, um, and, I'll, and I'll give you the favorites obviously – Georgia, Alabama, Clemson. If you had to pick one to lose, who are you picking? Clemson. Okay, cool. Yep. Good enough. I am going to rock with Alabama. I think they are in a tricky, tricky spot. LSU is their Michigan State Spartans. You're they right. They play them tough every single time. So, yeah. um, I got Uncle Brian right. Kelly, too. <laughs> yep. I'll go with that. All right, Dave, you got bowling and broken left. 
All right, let's go bowling. Let's go bowling. Uh, speaking of the Spartans, Dave, they are going to have a tough time finding those bowling lanes. Um, on a scale of 1 to 10, how imperative is it for MSU to make a bowl this year? Mm. It should be a 10. Really? That seems awful high for a team that just you know won the Peach Bowl last year or whatever. <laughs> You like know, how but, imperative is it that they yeah. that they make a bowl? They have mm-hmm. to. That that is reprehensible to go from that. You didn't lose in it. You lost Kenneth Walker. I'm sorry. Like they didn't. It's not like they just had an exodus of talent that went to the NFL and on, on some great year. You were 11 win team last year. Um, that's unacceptable to not make a bowl game. I mean, I'm sorry. I'll be the first to sit here now. I'm I'm not going to be the fan that's trying to rub Mel Tucker's head on the way out of the stadium. Like, that was stupid, Michigan fans. Um, but, like, $95 million for what? For what? To win four or five games and not make a bowl game? That's, that's unacceptable. No Spartan fan is going to be like, nah, not a big deal. Like, I think that people – this program, Brant, is in trouble right now. With what happened, we didn't even talk about the tunnel, and I'm kind of glad. I don't even really yeah, want no, to. we don't have to. Um, yeah, but you got a whole slew of players that are suspended. Jacoby Whitman, like, it's not good in East Lansing right now. And the only thing that can salvage this big stain on this season, because that was almost like the capper. It was like they were having a horrible season. They go and play their Super Bowl against Michigan and come up 22 points short, and then start getting players like a ton of players suspended after the game this this season is it ain't good and that's why i say like the only thing that salvages anything like yeah fans better be able to watch state playing a bowl game but it doesn't look good what about you on that i'm just curious i'm actually on the complete other side of the spectrum with, with this one dave just because i think after tunnel gate all of the things you have to either beat Illinois or Penn State, and I think there's a good chance you get blown out in one or both of those games. But here's my point, Dave. Get out of the way. Just let's not go to the Quick Lane Bowl. Let's not play Eastern Michigan or, or whoever you're going to end up in, in the Little Caesars Bowl or whatever it is. <laughs> Just. And I mean. If you're if you're there and and everyone's making fun of you, like it's almost better to just go off the grid and be like Mel Tucker, rally the troops, so to speak, and be like, let's just let's start working, whenever we can start working, and, and let's just get out of the way. Uh, let's stay quiet for a while, and and honestly, quiet does programs a lot of good. Like the quieter you are and the way you go about your business, that's what you want. Remember when Michigan bounced back after 2020? I was just going to bring that up. I was going <laughs> to say that's the only thing that will really turn this around. It's like Michigan had their 2020 season, which and, is State's Mich- 2022 season. That's that's kind of my point was oh, Michigan ducked Ohio State that year. Like they just got out of the way. Like don't smack us by 60, please. Let's just get out of the way. Let's all catch COVID and just kind of <laughs> go away. <laughs> that's exactly what they needed to do, and that's what they did. And that's what, I'm on that side, Dave. All right. Um, all right. And then Broken. Let's All talk right, about what's broken. Let's talk about your Detroit Pistons. Yeah, um, let's go. <laughs> your Detroit Pistons, Dave, are two and seven, not off to a hot start this year. But honestly, their schedule has been a little bit brutal. They did take down the Warriors, big win for them. Um, 
and they obviously won on opening night against the Magic. But those are the only two wins. They've had a couple games against the Bucks. Tough competition, obviously. They're undefeated. Um, but, Dave, what do you make of this team so far? And um, what's the biggest issue right now, man? Well, the biggest issue is defense. Um, and I... I knew it was going to be like coming into into the year. Um, this is just Dwayne Casey not having these guys ready to play good defense. That is, I'm not I'm not going to go into the details of that. The defense is atrocious um, every single game, no matter who they play. I'm very optimistic, Brant. Like I did not, and I said it a couple episodes ago before the season started. I, I do not have the Pistons making the playoffs this year. I think it's going to be another down year. I think I said that they're going to lose a ton of games before the All-Star break, which it looks like they're doing. And I think they're going to win some games after the All-Star break and probably really irritate some teams. You can already see these young guys just, they're taking it to them, man, because they care. Like, Cade started slow, and now Cade is averaging I mean he had a down game this past game against the Bucks I think he had like 10 points but going into that Bucks game you know what he was averaging like his last four or five games like 28 8 and 7 right. like like those are those numbers are those are all-star numbers and Jaden Ivey I mean the guy has been awesome like he hasn't been perfect he's turned the ball over he's made some dumb decisions as all rookies do but he's he looks like the perfect complement to Cade. And then you add in Jalen Duran, their other rookie they drafted, and that dude looks like he could be starting by the end of the year. He's the youngest guy in the NBA. So um, I am cautiously optimistic, and I feel really good about this team. I think they need a new head coach um, after this season. I do. I don't think Dwayne Casey's it, but he'll be fine this year. Um yeah, that's it in a nutshell. What about you, man? You you have been tuned into the Pistons. So. I know, and we already talked about the defense, and I think the defense is the biggest problem too. But I, I just want to share this with you. So I was listening to a podcast. Do you know who James Edwards is? He's James like a, Edwards the third. Yeah, he's he's a yeah. beat writer for the Pistons and uh, on again, off again, man with the cardigan, man. That's, yeah, I love <laughs> he, James Edwards. No, he is really good. Um, but he was on this podcast, and somebody asked him like. Oh yeah, man, I'm on the Pistons over 29 and a half or whatever their wins are for the year. Like I'm on it hard. Like I'm really excited. And you, his exact words were, uh, "Yeah, I don't, I don't think so, man." And right. you know, like he's around the team all the time. He knows the NBA. He just he was very like very much quick to say, "Yeah, probably not this year." And this was like before the season had started, so everyone was kind of pumped about you know Jaden Ivey mm-hmm. and all this. But mm-hmm. he knew he was like saying, "No, there's still a ways away." Like. Give him some time, but I, I think once the beginning of the season kind of gets all the way, you might see him turn a corner a little bit. But just when he was like, ah, dude, 29 and a half, seems a little high for this team. Seems so. a little high. How about Bo- How about Bogey, though, man? Yeah, that dude, it's just a, such a good guy to watch, like a fun just, dude to watch. They have not uh, had a shooter like that in no. ever. <laughs> and he's a, he's like a very try-hard type of guy. He gives effort every single night. Fun to watch. He wants to win every game. Like it, it's, And, I mean, he comes from Utah where they were winning a bunch of games. So I get it. But, like, 
This is Detroit, man. So just give us some time. He Hopefully he's here for when the team rises. Every, every time I see him out on the court, I just like look at his receding hairline and think like that's the guy at your local YMCA that's like nobody wants buckets. to pick. Right? He's got like some dorky shoes. Like you're like yeah, whatever, dude. I'll take him. And he comes out and it's just like a technical player shoots lights out. Like he's just he's you fun can't to put watch. enough hands in his face. Dude. Exactly. He's just buckets. Just sound, sound. Yeah. So all, all right, right man. And I I, uh, I I like it. Now uh, let's wrap up here with the bets. Let's go. All right, Dave. Obviously, biggest game of the weekend in everyone's eyes. Vowels at dogs. Dogs favored by eight and a half. I don't. I haven't checked this line lately. I'm, I'm gonna guess it's still at eight and a half. But um, so this, this game's at Georgia. Mm-hmm. So initially, I don't know why I was thinking it was at Tennessee. Um, well, you don't get Bama and Georgia at home in the yeah. same year. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, man, in Tennessee has looked really good. I'm really excited to see that offense against this Georgia defense. Um, I'm going to take Tennessee plus eight and a half. I cannot wait for this game. Would you flirt with the money line? Uh, I mean, I'm not going to personally <laughs> bet on it, but... Yeah, like I wouldn't feel like super not confident with that bet. I mean, it's one v two. Like, let's get real. Like, it wouldn't be like a crazy two really good football teams. Yeah, yeah. But but if you're gonna give me eight and a half points, guys, absolutely grab the eight and a half. Oh Um, yeah. So Dave, I'm with you on that. Um, Let's do Alabama at LSU. LSU at home. Death Valley getting twelve and a half. Yeah, twelve and a half at home there in your right, Brant. This you said it earlier. This is like the Michigan State game for Alabama. They almost beat them um, last year and they stunk. Yep, yep. So I twelve and a half is a lot of points, especially because they're at home too. So I'll take uh, I'll take LSU. What about you, Dave? You know what? Too hundred percent chance of rain Saturday night. Really in Baton Rouge. Like that's gonna be a cool scene. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be keeping an eye on that one. So I'll take the twelve and a half. It seems like a messy game. Bryce has had his ups and downs. He's been hurt a little bit. Uh loud crowd, obviously you know that. It's gonna be real noisy up in there. So um I, I like LSU with the points. All right, Clemson at Notre Dame. Plus four and a half, Dave. I'll take Notre Dame plus four and a half. You wanted me to say on the money line, but <laughs> I'm going to say Notre Dame plus four and a half. Yeah, no, I, just I feel hate, confident with that pick. I just hate that we have to agree. I I love this on the money line. I love yeah. this money money line play for. I think Dave helped me with the name Ulunga Ulungalele Ugalele. Yeah, ever played a ukulele? It's like Ugalele. That's how you say his name. I think this is a tough environment to go into. If they can't run the ball, they're going to be in trouble. Although they, they do have a very good running back in Will Shipley. We'll see what happens. Notre Dame, hopefully they can move the ball a little bit. Brant, this is last thing here um, before we move into NFL bets. Yeah. I think that the the reason why I would feel confident with the Notre Dame pick is Marcus Freeman needs this game to keep his job. Potentially. That's a good point. I, I didn't even think about that, Dave. That's a great point. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think his back is against the wall, and you know he's a player's coach. You know how excited that locker room was when they hired him. This season has taken an ugly turn right from the get-go, and 
he needs something to salvage the season. You talked about Michigan State and salvaging the season potentially. Like he he needs he needs this. So for that reason alone, and that it's a home game, I think that Notre Dame will get up for it. I hope so, man. I'm so sick of Clemson, who I don't. I think they're overrated and Dabo. Very so. beatable, I would say. Very beatable. Very beatable. Mm. Yep. Um, all right, Dave. Let's go. Packers at Lions <laughs> in Detroit. Uh, Sunday afternoon, three and a half for the home team. I'm taking Lions plus three and a half. I do. The Packers are just bad. They're they're bad, and I know the Lions are too. But I think they got to keep this game close. Dan Campbell needs a win too. Dear Lord. Dave, quarterback for the Packers? What's his name? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Quarterback for the Lions? Tiny Hands Goff. <laughs> Give me the Packers. All yeah, right, Dave. Bills, fair <laughs> Bills at Jets. Jets getting 12 and a half. Well, Brant, weren't I forget who the Bills were playing last week, but didn't they? It was against the Packers, right? Mm-hmm. They got like 11 and a half. They covered that. Yeah, not so easy though. I, yeah, it was, it was kind of a close game. I think it was what? Yeah, it was like twenty eight. I don't remember, but yeah. they cut. But they covered it. Yeah. Um. However, this is a New York versus New York game, and mm-hmm. it's a home game for the Jets. The Jets have been sneaky, sort of good. I think losing Brees Hall kind of hurts them a little bit. It does. Um, but they made some trades. I think they got they brought in James Robinson from the from the Jags. Um, so. I'll take the Jets plus 12 and a half there. I'm going to take the Jets as well. I like that at home, 12 and a half. That's a fat number. Um, Vikings, the class of the NFC North, Kirk Cousins. Dave, get him out of prime time. This guy is is Tom Brady. Let's go, Kirk Cousins. Don't ever whisper those words again. (laughs) That's a sin. Yeah, Vikings at Commanders, and the Commanders have been like a feisty team. Like they have some fight. They're they're, they're kind of fun to watch. They're better. They're better with Taylor Heineke. They really are. Like they're kind of a they're kind of a fun team to watch. So so Dave, who do you like? Uh, commanders getting three and a half at home. Mm. I will take the Commanders plus three and a half. I think they get a little bit of a jump this week too with Dan Snyder having to sell the team. He's starting to starting to take those channels into selling the team. I'll get on with the Commanders this week. It seems like they might have a bigger crowd. Um, I'll take them with three and a half. Uh, all right, Dave, my lock of the week was going to be an over in the NFL, but I'm going to shy away from that. I went and looked at the line for J.J. McCarthy on the over for passing yards this weekend. I sent it to you earlier. 209 yards. 209.5. He's got to go over. You taking right. that? Lock of the week, guys. Come on, J.J. He's got to throw it at least 30, 35 times, I would think. Otherwise, over under one and a half touchdowns. I'll take the over. Let's go. Let's go. It's time to let J.J. cook. All right. Let's ride, as Russ would say. <laughs> All right? Let's ride. 
All right, man. Well, that wraps up this episode of Garage Takes. As always, we appreciate the support. Give us a like, follow, subscribe to the show. Leave us a five-star review. It goes a long way. I also want to shout out once again the winner of the NFL jersey giveaway and and follower of the show, Mr. Mike Wicker. We are looking forward to DRB Fiber being able to put that jersey in your hands. And one last time, shout out to Dylan. Seriously, we appreciate it, man. It makes makes it fun for us, too, to just get some engagement with the audience. And we could not do that with without you and your generosity. So shout out DRB Fiber. Shout out Mr. Mike Wicker. We will see you all next time. Everybody have a great one. Riverside.